When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can you say something? Hello, we're recording a new intro today. Yes. I just really want to start this week's episode um, congratulating you and me on the fact that um, Britney Spears is engaged. Yes, we did it. We did it. Um, Where are the ones who did it? Sorry, Britney's Graham. Um, it was us. <laughs> it our was us. hard-hitting... Journalism. Journalism and our free Britney app. Yeah, our single episode. Our single app. Fuck your whole podcast about Britney. We did one episode and now she's engaged and her dad is filing to end her conservatorship. How about that? How about that? <laughs> um, it's amazing. She's engaged. Yeah, and we her, did that. And her conservatorship's about to be over. And then she it's going to be amazing because she is going to like be happy. And then she is going to go into absolute revenge mode and record and, an album of the century. And hopefully bring every single family member of hers to court. Yeah. And sue every single one of those motherfuckers. Yeah. Jamie Lynn and Jamie Lynn are <laughs> shaken. Jamie, or Jamie and Jamie Lynn. Well, Jamie Lynn, Lynn and, and Jamie, Jamie Lynn, Lynn are shaken in their boots. In their uh, little cowboy boots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that Britney paid for. That Britney paid for. <laughs> With her hard-earned Vegas residency money and all the other money. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, where is all the other money, Jamie? Jamie. Jamie Lynn. <laughs> Lynn. Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> and that brother. And that brother. What's his face? <laughs> oh, yeah. Brittany's brother is his name, I think. <laughs> Mistakes. Ow. I, it's, I like, um, I ate an edible a few weeks ago and <gasps> Mika. I ate the whole thing. So it's 25 milligrams and Oof. it was, but oh, it's like a good, me up. yeah, well, th- whenever I eat a whole one, it fucks me up. But like, if I'm in a good mood, it fucks me up in a way where I'm just like really giggly in bed. You're and like vibing. I can't, yeah. I'm like just straight up blissed out. Oh my God. Um, like, if only that's all I, that's, <laughs> I wish we did that for me. I wish I ended up in Britney Spears's brother's girlfriend's Instagram Ugh. comments where she responds to all of her haters. <laughs> uh, the l- layers. So we got Britney Spears. <laughs> then, we, then we've got Britney Spears's brother. And we've got Britney Spears's brother's girlfriend. girlfriend. Then we've got her Instagram. Instagram. And then we've got the comments. comments. That is some galaxy brain ass. <laughs> I took an edible <laughs> and I am blissed Wait, out. Wait, I'm making that meme tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love that. All right, well, the people, the, the people are on the edge of their fucking seats. How are you, Nika? Everyone, I am. We're actually recording this from the hospital. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, if you were still in the hospital, the way I would have brought a Yeti oh, mic in absolutely. there, absolutely. While that fucking like beeping yeah. in the background, we'd be like, "Listen, the show must go, go on." on. 
<laughs> no, I, I would have needed something to keep me fucking sane and tethered to reality. Um, I'm home as of yesterday. I'm feeling good. Um, like physically, I feel great. I'm just tired because I just had like a traumatic week, but I'm not yeah. tired because I'm like sick. Yeah, you're not like weak. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, I'm not like <laughs> Beth. I'm not like Beth. I don't like, yeah. need to, like, <laughs> need to like rest up. We, we don't need to take you to the ocean, although yeah, let's go to Reese love, this week. Yeah, I let's take you to the ocean. Yeah, okay, the great. Ocean. Um, thank God. Yeah, I'm I like, also am like, for some reason, being sick or like, you know, getting, having this like condition, being like in the hospital and then like thinking of like, this for 1880, I'd go to the ocean. I'm really excited for fall because I'm going to have to like be taking it easier than I'm used to. Yeah. I'm really excited for fall and some like crunchy leaf New England little weekend trips. Yes. Uh, I know. I've already been coat. thinking. I'm like, what weekend can we go up to Vermont so we can get peak foliage yes. in Vermont? Yes. Uh, yeah i've been i've been already looking at the calendar cool. and just like chill okay. y- you'll have your little edibles i'll have some wine can we bring two friends yeah duh okay can we bring two new friends like like we can uh, can we like keep can we keep uh doing the <laughs> oh yeah 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 like not the same people we've already brought to vermont yeah, yeah i thought you meant like two people we've recently become friends with and i was like who no 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 no. i mean there are definitely people that we've recently become friends with and like gotten closer to but i just wasn't sure girls from last night yeah so that's what i was thinking i was like the two girls (laughs) that were so cool i wish we'd gotten their contact no i I got them on instagram yeah i'll send i'll send their instagrams to you because i'm sure they'll they they would love to one of them lives in new york yeah yeah she was really cool cool, yeah. yeah And they they had a real um she had a real Kyle Carrero Lopez way of dancing. <laughs> yes. Uh, smug. Yeah, smug, but so hot and good. Yeah. That's why it's smug. Yeah. When like, we say no, smug, we rightfully mean it as a smug. Rightfully, rightfully smug. smug. Yeah, Kyle, like come on the pod. Kyle, actually come on the pod. Yeah, we love you. Seriously. Oh my god. That, like Kyle is a good example of like a new friend we've oh just god. made. <gasps> what if we brought like Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Pearson. and Pearson's hand? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more, bestie. Say no more. <laughs> we have to text all of them before this episode comes out. It would be iconic for Pierce to find out she's invited to Vermont because she listens to the pod. And we're like, I guess Sam and Kyle, if you didn't hear the pod, you missed your invite. <laughs> oh my God, so cunty. We're like, oh, I thought you don't listen to the pod? Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we start testing our friends to see if they're listening or not well that was what was so funny the other day i was at not the other day like last week i was at reese beach with some friends and somebody was like asking me about like what i do because they were like you know a new person to the crew and i was like well i'm a whore um <laughs> but i like have a podcast and i do stand up and uh like yeah etc and they were like oh my god that's so cool like what's your podcast about and then one of our dear dear friends and i'm not going to say their name just because of the next thing i'm going to say mm-hmm. but i'll okay. one of our dear dear friends <laughs> I had a feeling yeah was like oh my god you should listen it's like actually really good it's like a really good podcast and like kind of pitched it to them Uh and then later I said something about how like the podcast like the production value is like way better than it would be like without your sister as the producer because she like wrote all these and recorded all these little jingles for Mm -hmm. us that everyone really loves and that person who had just pitched the podcast was like oh my god really (laughs) like that's so cool and I wasn't sure if they were saying oh my god really about like that your sister is the one who did it or if the jingles were there but then they said something else that like clarified like I was just I was ready to let it slide but then they like said something else that clarified it I forget what it was but that's so funny something about like I don't know 
it, it was just clear that what they meant was like, oh, really? You have jingles in the podcast? And oh I was like, God. yeah, you yeah. just pitched this podcast to another person. That's but I don't need our friends to listen no, to I it. Either. It's just like, I mean, I love the friends that do listen to it. If you're listening to this, you're my favorite. <laughs> you're my favorite friend. But like the majority of our listeners are not our like friends. Yeah. So it's not like I'm like, what the fuck? Why aren't you supporting us? But also like, what the fuck? Why aren't you supporting us? Yeah. Babe. Um, anyway, just as long as you're subscribed to the Patreon, as long as you're sending us money, <laughs> um, which they're not. But I'm like, whenever friends are like, oh, I've been meaning to listen to the podcast. I'm like, you don't need to. You can just list, like subscribe to the Patreon and send us money. That's all. <laughs> That's all we need from you. Um, oh, my God. What was this all a tangent about, about me being in the hospital? You being in the hospital. But I know. But there is something. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, that's annoying because theoretically we could just listen back, but <laughs> I'm not about to do that. Well, so you were in the hospital. Um, okay. You're okay. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't like religiously keep up with our social medias, Nika was in the hospital from Wednesday through Saturday. Yeah. Um, so like literally right as last week's episode came out. She was in the middle of still not having her own fucking room and just being yeah. stuck in the ER for like 24 hours. Yes, I'm okay. I have myocarditis. Um, go Google it. It's like a weird little... It's an inflammation of the heart. Um, yeah, but I'm okay. And it will go away eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah, she's okay. And everyone calm down. It was caused by a viral infection yes. and not because we're filthy drug yes. addicts. <laughs> Though if my haters are listening, I'm sure they're so happy. Yeah. Um yeah, not because we do drugs, but I do have to stop doing hard drugs for the foreseeable future. So it's um going to be just some THC for me on here on out. Yeah. Um and like maybe shrooms. I would I've read that I can. I have a friend who had myocarditis who does it. I'm not going to do it anytime soon. Don't worry, mom. <laughs> um, I'm just fielding my options. I'm being realistic. But, you know, we're heeding God's warning that yeah. we were, you know, all uh, play and no work <laughs> is maybe not the vibe. So we're just taking this as like a little reminder to take care of both of our bodies. Sometimes um better. You know, yeah. Sometimes I think we reached a point that I don't even think we realized we had reached where it went from all of us. I think this summer, uh, you know, all of us being all of us as people in general and then all of us meaning like our friends Mm -hmm. um, of kind of like partying as catharsis and then hitting the point to right where it like hit almost like hedonism. Yeah. We saw that at Honcho. Yes. And we were like participants in it. Wow. These boys are really putting putting the he in hedonism. Yeah. And, and And we weren't even we like, you know, I think we dipped our toe in it a little bit. And we were um, like, nah. Yeah, we were like, we don't really want, we don't need, I don't need to not be lucid for well, five days. It's funny because you were days. already, like, we were both already taking a break from partying, like yeah. that kind of partying. We're always going to party in the grander sense that we're always, like, going to have a fun time yeah. with our chosen fam. But, like, we were taking a break from drugs anyway when this all happened with your heart. And yeah. it's, like, interesting. I know. Yeah. I had, like, the chillest week literally <laughs> of the year in P Town. Yeah. Like, just, like, got, like, 
very like mom wine drunk every night, <laughs> ate like four meals a day, slept, got my eight hours of sleep. I know, like, if was anything, smoking cigarettes, yeah. And like, I did ketamine one and a half nights, very <laughs> little amount, but like, you know, was in like very much like my weed wine era that week. Yeah. And then that's the week that I got sick. Yeah. And then ended up. So maybe it was because you were not doing enough drugs. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) JK, I'm like, huh. So what's what you're saying that what was different about the week you got sick versus all the other weeks of the year? (laughs) And I wasn't doing hard drugs. (laughs) Hmm. There's only one solution. (laughs) (laughs) Nika, put it down. (laughs) Um, no, we're, we were already planning on like chilling out and we're, we were chilling out and it's just funny that the, the world was like, great job. Keep doing that. And now maybe add eating well on top of that regimen. I know. For sure. (laughs) And like just vague exercise, I think might be good for one with a heart issue. I fucking walk everywhere. You walk and you dance your fucking ass off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I've been reading lots of articles about whether or not I can be dancing. And every article, luckily, has been like the road to recovery for your heart. Number one, dancing. Really? Yeah. They've all been like dancing and exercising is good. Yeah. You have like if I had like a major heart problem right now. Again, everyone, it's inflammation of my heart. So I don't have like no blockages, no fucked up valves, no damage. My heart is just inflamed. I'm going to be on some meds for a few months and then the inflammation will go away and then I just have to not do what I was doing before. <laughs> Which is like for the best cuz again, I like I love to party, but this summer and I don't regret any of it was like a never-ending party. Yeah. It was like the 1920s. Yeah. Yeah. The Roaring Twenties. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Very um, Zelda Fitzgerald of me. Yes. And, you know, we better heed our warning, our warning that, that we got from our Zelda Fitzgerald app. You know, go ahead. Listen if you haven't yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had our fun and it's time to. We've already been saying this. We were put on this earth to vibe and vibing can look like anything. And right now vibing looks like. Just like dancing without hard drugs with our friends. Yeah. <laughs> and like chilling and having movie nights and dinner nights and doing our work. Yeah. Working on our little passions. Yeah. It's about to be good. And I'm so glad you're alive. Me too. Should we do our segment? Yes. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. So my mistake this week. Ugh, last night, I mean, I don't think that this friend cares or even noticed, but one of our trans friends said something about like asking something about how straight men behave. And I said something like I was joking about how like, oh, what? Because I'm like the person in the pus- person in the room with a pussy. I'm like who you should ask about straight men. And I just like don't like that I said that to a trans woman. But I also yeah. didn't mean it that way because we were specifically talking about straight men fucking pussies. Mm-hmm. But like I worded it as if like straight men don't fuck trans women. Mm-hmm. And I like I just was like, I know that she probably didn't even notice. But like, oh, yeah, yeah. And obviously I don't feel that way yeah, or no, think it. And I also don't really fuck straight men so that was more the joke I was making was that I don't fuck straight men (sighs) but you know the world is I got it 
<laughs> so sorry. Sorry to that friend. Um, yeah. And I, she literally like laughed and said something that was almost yes. Anding my, yeah, what I said, but Did I was like, to the pod? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. No. Cool. Um, it's yeah. I mean, say? just good that you apologize. Just sometimes don't always talk about the things that she talks about at clubs in these settings. I feel like the conversations get a little bit heavy sometimes. Yeah. Like at the club. You yeah. Mean? Yeah. 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 She said something to me last night that I was like, it's like uns uns time right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. I was like, mostly like I was trying to like veer the conversation away from this like philosophical yeah. question about like how straight men fuck. And so I like made some joke about how I wouldn't know and like, why? Just because I have a pussy. And I was yeah. like, well, that's not just the only people that straight men fuck are people with pussies. Like I, I just know. was like, Anya, you fucking idiot. But also I was just trying to like make a lighthearted joke and move on. And it's just totally. it's just it's like a curse in this world to um, be someone who is mindful and does care about like specific Mm -hmm. language and not like being hurtful Mm -hmm. in like innocuous ways to people because anyone else would have made that joke and wouldn't have even thought about how that was a shitty way to word it. Totally. And I'm like, oh God, I hate that now. Like I'm going to be like tormented by this for a couple of days. But I I feel like anyone who listens to this podcast slash knows me knows that I don't think that. Yeah. Anyway. Right, Nika? Right. (laughs) Absolve me. Help me, guys. Help, (laughs) help. help. Um, uh, no, I know, I know. I listen because we were also specifically talking about like toxic masculine straight men and like maybe the kind of straight men who would as straight men like who would argue that straight men don't fuck people with penises. I have moments like that as a trans woman with other trans women. Often <laughs> as a trans woman with a pussy, we're all like say things that are like, where I'm like, oh no, you just sounded like this like a cis girl that you would have been offended by when I like say things to like trans women with dicks. So I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It was just, it was more like because I knew that the, like, specifically the person we were talking to, slash, any of our friends, like, would know that I don't think that way or feel that way or whatever. You think that, but shut the fuck up. They were like, they were actually texting me today. (laughs) There's a group chat. Yeah. Um, but it was more that, uh, it was a real, like, foot in my mouth. Why would I? equate genitalia to sexuality blah 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 you know yeah and i hear you anyway so that was my mistake and um we're all learning and growing and changing and had this person called me out in that moment they would have been right to but they like didn't so now i'm just calling myself out fucking self-accountability yep um I my keepsake is that you're fucking alive and that I was able to like honestly my like keep keepsake like the whole experience of like everything was so scary and like visiting you in the hospital was not like the ideal way to hang with my bestie where like a security guard eventually comes and says it's time for me to leave like but my keepsake of all of the whole experience was when you were still in the ER and didn't have a room and that security guard let me sneak in and visit you anyway, even though visitors weren't allowed in the ER because of COVID. Yeah. That was sweet. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, it's so nice that this, like, cause the first security guard I dealt with when I dropped off your shit on the first night, um, like I brought you like a change of clothes and stuff. 
the I like brought it to the security guard and was like, I know I can't go in there, but like, can you make sure that this gets to Nika Lamazzo? She's in like bed number three or whatever it was. And they were like, um, you're gonna have to wait until shift change. And I was like, when is shift change? And they were like 830. And I got there at like seven. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm here right now. And like, I can see the like, I that's the bed she's mm-hmm. in. I'm pretty sure like it's right there. And um, he was like, pick up that phone and call the number on the wall there. And I like pick up this like hospital phone and like call the number and it calls the desk that I Mm -hmm. literally hear the phone ring like within earshot. And I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know why the security guard just told me to call you guys because he's right here. But I'm just wondering if I can like drop off some stuff for my friend. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand it to the security guard. And I was like, okay. Um, he just told me to call you though, because he doesn't want to do it. And they were like, okay, just a second. And then he like gets paged over and then he comes over and then he comes back and he like like very like impatiently puts out his hand like for me to give the stuff and was like, okay. Oh my god. And I was like, oh, so the next day when I came to like bring you food and like just like I don't know, remind you that I'm like I was in the same building and like yeah. you, there's people around that love you that are like dying to visit you the second they can. Um, I was like expecting the same treatment. And the fact that that security guard was then like, okay, like don't tell anyone I I'm letting you do this, but like she's been in here like for almost a full day. So you should like, just go give it to her oh, yourself. And I was sweet. like, thank you. <laughs> and then I walked in and saw your face light up and you're like, Oh my God. I didn't think I was going to be able to have visitors in here. And I was like, I know he snuck me in. It was just a very sweet little moment. And I was like, it's like small shit like that. That is very, um, I don't know, just reminds me that there are really like people have small powers in this world. And when they use them for like kindness like that, it's just like a really nice reminder that that's something that we can all do. And, um, it like made me completely for, forget about other than just retelling it now, but like, forget about how, like the bad taste in my, in my mouth I had from my first time coming. And then you got your own room like a couple hours later. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to just actually visit you without it being like sneaky. Yeah. Um, but that was like my keepsake among just, uh, happy that you're alive and that you're going to be okay. Um, and then my hot take I mean, my hot take is that um, malignant narcissists (laughs) need to have like need to be like held accountable and like entire friend groups, I think, can go long periods of time enabling really shitty behavior out of fear of like rocking the boat or like. Um, not giving someone enough benefit of the doubt. And it's like, you can kindly hold someone accountable for their shitty actions. And it's yeah. not like, it's not not giving someone the benefit of the doubt to just like, let them know that how they've behaved so far is unacceptable. And we're just like, you know, if you want to hear more about the specifics of what I'm talking about, we talk about it on the Patreon episode this week. The Patreon. The Patreon. Um, but there is just a person, I mean, we've talked about them a few times that is just like wreaking havoc in our little life and they were like making their way through our friend group even further last night. And I'm just like bored of the notion that like, I don't know, 
kind people tend to extend too much kindness to people like that. And then people like that are like enabled and like, I don't know, take advantage of that kindness by being like, well, I guess I can just like keep being shitty, even though like a few people now have told me that I'm being shitty. These other people haven't. So I'm just going to like keep being shitty with these other people. Yeah. And so my hot take is when someone. (laughs) okay, hot. Sorry, Lisa just walked in dripping wet and fully naked (laughs) from the shower. Absolutely. If you want to hear the detailed description, (laughs) subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon. No, just to be clear, that will not actually be on the Patreon. I don't want any like angry emails. They're like, we we came for the detailed description (laughs) of Elisa's dripping wet naked body. <laughs> well, we just already recorded the episode is the thing. Maybe next week we'll we'll try to recall it in our memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you can do it again. Yeah, we'll draw it. <laughs> yeah, our Patreon. We both do our best rendering of Nika or not Nika. Well, any of us. We all draw each other naked. Yes, that will so. be on our and sell them. We oh my did God. all draw one of my friends naked once in my dad's house. Sorry, dad, when I had a party when he was on his honeymoon. Um yeah, yeah, that would be really funny. We did it too. We should sell yeah. merch. <laughs> we should sell merch that are like our drawings of each other naked. <laughs> okay, I'm down. Okay, great. Oh, the intersections of sex work and comedy never <laughs> cease to amaze me. <laughs> yeah, fine art. Um. So yeah, anyway, that's my hot take is like, it's not unkind. It's actually, in fact, even kinder to both that person and everyone around them yeah. to just call them on their shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's my hot, 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 hot take. Okay. And also my hot take is like, you know, don't uh, almost die in the yeah. hospital. <laughs> that's my hot yes, take. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I don't know um, if anyone's thought of that before, but that's my sizzling hot take. I'm sure yours will be similar. My mistake. Well, if I did get um this heart, little heart, temporary heart condition. Sorry, I have to keep saying temporary to remind myself that it's not permanent because <laughs> I keep crying and being like, this is the rest of my life. And then Googling it and being like, no, this is like the next like three to six months of my life. Uh-huh. Um, So <laughs> this temporary heart condition. My mistake is that, you know, I was like very sick over the weekend um from when did we leave p-town friday yeah so from so from like saturday to to tuesday i was sick like Mm -hmm. saturday to sunday was the worst of it i had a really yeah we were scheduled recording the pod because you were sick i had a really bad fever saturday to sunday like last super bad we got back on monday i still was feeling feverish i still had a sore throat and you know, saturday and sunday granted i was in the berkshires in the middle of nowhere so like and I have New York Medicaid. So yeah. like, I couldn't have gone to urgent care anyway. Yeah. But like I should, in retrospect, I should have gone to urgent care the minute I got back on Monday. But I just am like, I'm not a person who goes to the doctor very often. I'm not a person who goes to urgent care for that kind of thing. I did as a kid. Like anytime I was sick as a kid, my mom took me to urgent care if it was, you know, 
something like what just happened. But as an adult, I just don't do that, especially because it's COVID. Yeah. And we've and been, everyone's been like, if you're fucking sick, but not dying, just don't take a Tylenol. Yeah. Take a Tylenol. So I literally the, did. Doctors are tired. Yeah. So I literally took a Tylenol and like, you know, self-medicated it away with Tylenol and like NyQuil and in retrospect, that's what landed me in the hospital because the reason that I went to the hospital is that my heart was fucked up because I had a viral infection, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming was on over the weekend is what that's what happened. Um, so that's my mistake. Just not not taking it um, more seriously than when your body was telling you something was wrong. Yeah. And I just thought that it was fine and then I was just sick I you know I had been in p-town making out with a bunch of random people I assume that like swapping spit makes you sick are all of our immune systems are like not used to the amount of like saliva we're putting in them right now after being locked locked up you know so I just assumed it was that so my mistake is making assumptions yeah um yeah my keepsake is that even though I was in the hospital I felt very loved and taken care of and cared for specifically by you and Elisa which was obviously I you know I didn't I did not expect for you guys to show up that way, but it's still, I've never been in this situation. So it still meant a lot. Um, Imagine if I was like, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> and I just am posting pictures of me like absolutely raging, like yeah. partying 24 <laughs> seven. And you're like, this hospital is four blocks from your apartment. I'm like, Ooh, I'm swamped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working, work, 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 work. And you're Sorry, like, you don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The portal hasn't opened to the hospital yet. When it does, I'll see you. You, you and our friends come in, but you're like fully rolling on Molly. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm rolling and I'm like, I kind of would have oh loved my that. God, you look amazing. <laughs> you're like uh, doing my makeup. I'm just so happy you're <laughs> You guys okay. are doing my makeup on Molly, but it's like the Broad City makeup when she gets her wisdom teeth <laughs> taken out <laughs> I'm just like can I just say I feel so fucking connected to you right now and you're like okay <laughs> I feel connected to this fucking IV but <laughs> um, yeah yeah you know what the real keepsake is actually that I didn't get any hard drugs while I was uh in the ER and I didn't want to ask even though I was in a lot of pain because I heard I'd already told them that I do hard drugs and I didn't want them to think I was like a drug addict. <laughs> but when they did the procedure where they put the little camera in my artery and into my heart, they gave me some grade A opiates. Mm. Um, I get why people get addicted to this shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've never... The euphoria. Oh my... Lo- I literally... There was a camera in my arm and I couldn't feel it. Yeah. And I literally... And you were like giggling. And I was like giggling, like looking at my heart being like, that's cool. (laughs) Whoa. Um, And it literally hit me in like a minute and 30 seconds. I also made the nurse or the doctor laugh because as I was um, on these opiates, my artery started spasming, which is like normal. And I apologized when I heard her say her artery is spasming. And I said, I'm so sorry. And she said, did you just apologize for your artery spasming? And I was like, well, yeah, it's my fault. It's my artery. (laughs) Yeah, I did that. She was like, yeah, so no one's ever apologized to me before for their artery spasming during a procedure. That was so cute. And I was like, thanks. Um, So, yeah, no. um, The keepsake, obviously, being taken care of. And just like, you know, a lot of my friends, um, friends that I... actually love texting me and like not friends who are like not really close friends texting me in a way that was just like 
completely dramatic and really not the energy I needed needed and yeah. no one really ever needs that energy when you're in the hospital if you're like if your friend's ever in the hospital and you're like not that close with them maybe like don't send them a text with like a thousand exclamation points saying like why the fuck are you in the hospital right now oh my god it's just like weird <clears throat> that's your warm-up hot take you've met amelia the one who owns the vintage store um just like really like texting me like three times being like answer me like what's wrong <laughs> oh my god and finally i was like hey amelia i don't feel like talking right now i'm in the hospital i'll talk to you later you're not a close friend yeah, you're like a tier six friend yeah. like she's like i need to know like go away or like i need to know so like i when you respond i know that you like think i'm a best friend like uh, <clears throat> yeah um no not at all no i was gonna ask that earlier and then i forgot um yeah so just you know friends like reaching out um in a way that like wasn't centered around them being like i'm reaching out just like them letting me know that i am being thought of and that they were seriously worried because there's a way to let your friends know that you're worried about them and you love them without saying i'm worried about you yeah um so that was just nice. You know, it's like we I don't know. I I personally have not had any per, I haven't had any personal experiences in my life with many of these friends yet where they've had to show up in that way other than like the family illness that's been happening this summer. But that still wasn't about me. Yeah. Um. So it was nice to see that like literally through sickness and in health <laughs> and sickness yeah. and in health. They are there, Um. which I didn't need that reminder with you. Duh. But it was just nice to have that confirmation with some of our friends that it could have easily been shown that, like, we're just party friends who rage together. Yeah. Um, That was nice. And my hot take. My hot take is that, like, if, like, a fucking, if, like, one of your motherfucking patients is, like, honest enough to, like, tell you that they, like, do drugs and, like, list the drugs they do, maybe, like, don't treat them like they're a fucking drug addict well, I mean, no, there's nothing wrong with being a drug addict, first no, of all. No, there's not. But if you're not a drug but addict, it's, yeah. being treated like one when you're in the hospital for something that, like, didn't have to do with me doing drugs and, like, fully was because I had a virus. But it also, that like, it does go to show how terribly they do treat, treat drug, drug addicts. addicts. Yes. And this, honestly, like, this, something similar happened to my great aunt when she died a few years ago where she was like really sick in the hospital and was in like such an amount of pain that she like was freaking out and kept asking for more, like asking for real meds and they were treating her like she had a drug problem and she died the next day from sepsis, which they like didn't catch. Like that's how much pain she was in. And it's like, they just like, I don't know, just the way that they spoke to me was like really gross. I like got into it with one of my nurses a little bit. Um, and like she apologized because she knew she was wrong. Right. And it's well, just- everyone who works in harm reduction is like, if you're ever in the hospital for any reason, like be honest with the doctors about what yeah. drugs you do, because you don't know like what's going to interact poorly or like if it, if it is drug related, like yeah. they, they don't want to like not be clued into that stuff. And then when you did the right thing and you like told them what you do, they were like, 
really all of those drugs and you're like like all four of the party drugs yeah not all at the same time every day no yeah all at the same time twice a month (laughs) 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 and whatever um yeah like yeah sorry maybe if i ate more kale I wouldn't have fucking been in the hospital. It would have been fine if I did all of those drugs, if I just had a better diet. It's also just rich knowing how many fucking doctors we party with. I know. I'm like, do you know how many of your colleagues are doing this many drugs too? Also, like, doctors are, it's, doctors are, like, famously known for, like, working crazy shifts and then going and doing a crazy amount of blow in their apartments together to, like, blow off steam. Yeah. And also, like, taking advantage of the drugs they have access to from being a doctor. It was just like night and day with like the nurses and the doctors. And I just think that like really the hot take is that doctors are fucking sociopathic <laughs> little children who were not loved enough by their mommy or except daddy. Except for our friends who are doctors. Except for our friends who are doctors. <laughs> but these doctors and nurses are like angels who are too good for comedy, but like should be comedians. Because the nurses the fun- at the yeah, hospital? Just the funniest people I've ever met. Yeah. And so sweet and chill and like physically very hot. <laughs> like every nurse I had was so hot. Yeah. All the young nurses. I was all like, for all of them, I was like, so what's your OnlyFans? I know you have yeah. one. I know they're not paying Especially you well enough Liliana. because we've been talking about that nonstop this year about yeah. how nurses aren't paid enough. Liliana so. Def has an OnlyFans <laughs> and Def does great at <laughs> I can tell by that ball. Yeah, we were like, what are you doing after this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her, um, my gay nurse, I loved him. Love, love, love. Um, the only one who gave me a phone charger Oh, yeah. I asked for six hours in this hospital being like, hey, I know that you're busy, but I left my house in a panic because I thought I was having a heart attack. So I didn't bring a phone charger. But like the last my friends and family saw was on my close friend story that I was in the ER for chest pains. pains. That was six hours ago. Yeah. And every nurse was like, sorry, I don't have one or sorry, I can't give you one. Finally, my nurse comes in for shift change. I get an official nurse my first night there. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, I don't want to bother you. I know you guys are swamped, but can you like just take my phone and go charge it, please? Like at your locker, behind your desk, somewhere. And he's like, why? What kind of phone do you have? And I was like an iPhone. And he was like, oh, I'll just go get you my charger. And I was like, oh, my God, I love (sighs) you. Thank you. Even though you made me pee in a bedpan. Um, (laughs) Truly the most disgusting. Like not even, you know, I've like peed all over myself camping on drugs <laughs> and that is like gross to other people. To me, I'm like, whatever, I'm camping, peeing in a bedpan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Also, you're not like in the woods, just kind of like yeah. vibing. You're like now just sitting in that bed. Yeah. With a bedpan. Yeah. Full of my pee. <laughs> While I'm like trying to flirt with this nurse. <laughs> you're like... You're like sucking your teeth while you uh, like check them out and they're like so I'm gonna clean your bedpan now Uh, you're like (laughs) okay yeah um so that's my hot take don't be a piece of shit if you're gonna be a doctor yeah like just kind of have any um empathy yeah and like human connectedness but also like have any awareness like it's just like you do not it's the the drugs you listed are the same drugs that like most people that that like go out in New York City or anywhere have at least yeah, done at some that I said, point. Like, heroin, bath salts, meth, crack cocaine, like, <laughs> which also would all be, be fine. fine. I'm just saying, not like, like that they'd be fine health wise. No, but, but like, that's what I'm saying. It's you're like not a, a bad bit... person if those no, were the drugs. No, I don't you think listed. that you are. But way more extreme than MDMA, <laughs> coke, ketamine, and 
What did I say? And weed. And like mushrooms, right? I didn't say shrooms. I just said weed. I'll have to psychedelics Alex oh. out because I was like, I'm not listing. I'm not, I'll give them four. Yeah. <laughs> also, psychedelics <laughs> are not. They like, don't like have like a physical impact no, in a way that, that like one that of my would friends, be. They, they wouldn't be like, aha, shrooms. Yeah. That's what's wrong with your no, heart. I mean, the fact that one of my friends. Who has, <laughs> We've got to the bottom of it. She does mushrooms. Yeah. No, the fact that one of my friends who is on <laughs> lifelong heart meds from myocarditis because she had a really bad case still does shrooms. I was like, I, I don't need to list those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Totally. If anything, if you listed mushrooms, the doctors and nurses would have been like high five. <laughs> They're like same. We're all on shrooms right now. Yeah. <laughs> We're microdosing <laughs> for efficiency, um, which like, to be honest, go off if that is the case. Microdosing mushrooms does help people focus. Yeah. Like if, if Adderall isn't working for my doctor, I hope they're microdosing mushrooms. Same. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that's, that's kind of the thing is that, so like now, you know, we're coming on here figuring out like what kind of girl I'm going to be going forward for yeah. the next few months to like years. We're thinking lifestyle blogger. Lifestyle we're blogger thinking who's constantly microdosing shrooms. Yeah. Big sweaters and like bike shorts. Yes. And always like always a carrying big a bottle. big water bottle and also um, a yoga mat. Like I'm constantly stretching in other people's apartments. Yeah. Well, you have a yoga mat because it's like you're on call for, for yoga. Yeah. I like <laughs> like you, you don't like, actually have like a plan to go to a yoga yeah, but class, but you're just like yoga could happen at any time, anywhere. Kind of, of like our friend Vinny who yes. is like stretching can happen anywhere. Every time I go to someone's apartment, instead of sitting on one of their couches, I just like whip out my yoga mat. Yeah. You're, you're like, Ooh, like <laughs> it's so good to just get, you know how much stress you store in your joints and your tissues. And you're just like fully folded in half. And everyone else is just like trying Constantly to watch a, big a movie. Messy bun. Yeah. Your hair grows like 12 inches overnight. <laughs> <laughs> and then anytime someone offers you something like with that has any flavor you're like i don't need all those chemicals <laughs> you're like do you have any idea what they put in that stuff and Me you're like talking about like <laughs> become really close friends you find out what happened in 2014, in 2014. oh my god <laughs> oh uh, my god so yeah we're, this, this podcast is now just chronicling like <laughs> what kind of girly nika is now that she can't do coke and MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> Who is who's the real Nika? And if you know an MDMA, <laughs> if you know a drug that's like MDMA, that is not an amphetamine, that does not have a negative impact on your heart rate. Right into the pod. Yeah, right into the pod. We know you're listening. I'm not going to do it anytime soon. Yeah, Just curious. in like five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are listening right now and you think wow nico was just in the hospital and she's laughing so hard talking about possibly doing drugs again one day it's called coping Look it up. <laughs> we're a comedy podcast we're, we're comedians besties who literally became friends because we like to laugh about shit that's hard and we're dark and we're so dark I'm not obviously doing drugs right now, except yeah, my also, little. Yeah, also we both tincture. take what just happened to you very seriously. Yeah, duh. My God, I went out last night sober, California style. <laughs> uh, I drank ginger ale. Yeah, I bought you like two ginger ale. I left early. Yeah, 
And I sat on a couch and scrolled on my phone at a club. (laughs) (laughs) She's taking her health very seriously, everyone. I am really. I just made lentils today. I had lentils. (laughs) You don't like lentils? No, I do. Uh, Oh, my God. Uh, You would love my lentils. Not this batch. I, <laughs> I don't know. Lentils are always like something that I'm like when I'm eating them, I'm always like I could be eating something else. Oh, interesting. Okay. Lentils is I like all lentils. I eat during the fall and winter. Yeah. My, my, my mom too. Like when I, gr- I grew up eating a lot of lentils and always being like, could we do something else? <laughs> a potato maybe. <laughs> Just a fucking raw potato. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't dislike lentils that much. I, uh, I like... I enjoy a lentil soup. I enjoy like lentils here and there, but yeah, this is like a lentil stew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. It's like it's fine, but it's never like you know if in in the menu of life, it's not ever what I'm ordering. But I yeah. eat it when it's in front of me. Yeah, I when somebody that. gives it to me, makes it for me. If it's, it's like what I like making it as like something for the week. Yeah, yeah. I, I do that with chili. Yes, I do that with chili and. Um, uh, like taco ingredients. Mm-hmm. I love like just chopping up a bunch, like preparing like the, a taco spread in like, but all in um like Tupperware. And then all I need to do is like heat up the hot part of the taco yes. and the like tortillas. And then I just have the rest of the taco fucking ready to go. Mm. That's my, that's my meal planning. Yum. Yum, yum, yum. Um, what, do we think the fuck up of the week is? Fuck up of the week. I mean, this isn't really a fuck up of the week so much as like a fuck up of like the pandemic and like <clears throat> just for a while now, but it's becoming more and more dire and severe. Can everyone please stop going to Hawaii? Oh, yeah. And Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah. Like they're begging and people. Jamaica. They're it's those three begging people to not go there because their resources are so strained from the government their just has them to re-roof huge, flights. Yeah. They're having huge COVID spikes. Their hospitals are not equipped for like how severe the COVID spike is. The COVID spikes are fully because of the amount of tourism in these places. And then there's just like fucking clueless white people just going on vacation in these places that everyone's like, please don't come. We're they're literally in Hawaii. They're having a drought <laughs> right now. Do not and, come. Do not come. The Kamala Trump. Oh, yeah. Like, that's literally it. Because then it's all the people being like, I'm yeah. going to come. I'm going to come. Yes. <laughs> Fuck, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking white girls on airplanes. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to come. <laughs> on their way to Hawaii. It's like, don't, though. Um, but they're having a drought. And they asked residents, like people who live oh, in Hawaii, yeah. to like not be using as much water. But they did not ask resorts and hotels the same thing. So people who are visiting Hawaii are taking like long, luxurious showers and getting in their jacuzzis and their hot tubs and their swimming pools. And like just using up all the water in Hawaii while the residents who are like many of whom are like forced to work at these resorts and hotels because it's an industry that like has become only necessary because the industry exists in the first place. Not because without the industry, these like places would be like lost without the tourism industry. Like whenever Uh someone's like the tourism industry is really good for these places. It's like only because it's become necessary because all the other like 
ways of living became impossible due to the tourism industry. It's like a snake eating its... Yeah, it's a snake eating its own tail of them being like, they really need our tourism to pay for the life that they have to pay for in the way they have to pay for it because of our tourism. Like, fuck off. And listen... I've always wanted to go to Hawaii or like some Pacific Island. Like I want to see that part of the world. I have always intended on going in like as respectful of a way as I possibly can. If this turns into a situation where like Hawaiians are like forever being like, can nobody ever fucking visit again? I will personally respect that boundary. Um, But it's like the majority of people who are going are not going with that mindset. They're going because they just like, Oh, I really, they're the fucking white Lotus people. They just like need to unwind in a fucking resort. Yeah. It's like, we have resorts in Florida. Does this mean that I should cancel our flights to Hawaii for next month? (laughs) Mm, Fuck. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. At least out of the sun. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just geotag it like Fiji. (laughs) Yeah. And then they're like, like, that's not any better. Yeah, you shouldn't be going there either. (laughs) We're like, fuck. (laughs) Would you attack at Puerto Rico? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, so I feel like the fuck up of the week is kind of just like that whole situation that is unfolding um, and continues to be like ignored and like not really covered in mainstream media, really. Like it is a little bit, but the majority of what I'm seeing is like, Via infographics, which is our least favorite way to receive information. Yeah. And like tweets and not like I think the Washington Post wrote something about it, but I just haven't been seeing it like covered with as much urgency as it should be when like people need to stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, another fuck up of the week maybe is just like how it's not that it's a fuck up of the week. It's more just like. It is sad how severely Blue's Clues Steve has, like, moved everybody. Oh, my God. Made me cry. Yeah, but I'm like, how sad is that, like, as far as, like, just the state of our lives that this, like, person from our, like, a childhood show just kind of acknowledging student loans was enough for everyone to, like, burst into tears. I know it was also just to, like, see him again and for him to say that, like, he's proud of us. But that was just, like, to me, it's not that it's a fuck-up of the week. It just went to show. Like, I think that it's beautiful and great that he did that. And I think everyone's reactions were good. It just, like, made me sad how sad we all are. Yeah. It's so funny that Nick was, like, abolish student loans. Nickelodeon, the TV network. Yeah. He's, like, abolish student loans, y'all. Yeah, I mean, the real fuck-up of the week is the fateful week that he was fired from that show for balding. Is that why he was fired? Yeah. I, okay, I, the rumor when we were, like, preteens was that it's because he had a drug problem. Yeah, I mean, that's possible as well, but he had a receding hairline. And, oh, my God. Um, a, like, there's word on the street that they were like, it would be weird for this children's show to have, like, a bald guy on it, which I don't yeah. understand why Yeah, I don't. Know. it would be weird for a children's show to have a bald guy on it. My mom it. took me to see, and it triggered this memory this week, took me to see a live version of Blue's Clues when Blue's Clues was oh still God. airing. But I, I like for some reason, and I was like five, I was for some reason a child who had a very hard time, um, like suspending. Same. I couldn't do it. Suspending disbelief. And so when we got there and it wasn't actually Steve himself, the Steve that I knew on the show, I was like, oh, this isn't really Blue's Clues. 
this is just like I was so bad at this, suspending disbelief. And so kid. I just pouted the whole time and like cried when we left. I was with my cousin and my mom was like, "Why are you crying?" And I was like, "Cuz I'm pissed. Like I'm mad. It like wasn't really Blue's Clues." Part of the and reason my parents never took me to Disney World is because I was like, "Well, those aren't really see, the princesses." That's the thing is that with princesses. Disney, I totally like I was when I went when I was like 4 able to suspend disbelief. For some reason with this Blue's Clues thing, I couldn't. I don't know what it was, but sorry, mom, for ruining that day. That's so funny. That really I, nice I personally never, me. I was a kid who couldn't even really watch Blue's Clues because I knew he wasn't actually talking to me. I was like, this is a TV show. Mm. And I know that you can't like, Dora the Explorer too, both shows, the way they like talked at you and like waited for your response. I was always just like, you can't hear me. And I know that you're not actually talking to me. Yeah. I, I don't know how I knew that, but I just like couldn't actually get past that as a kid. So, you know, shout out to Blue's Clues Steve. I'm glad he moved everyone. And it was such a heartwarming moment. But I didn't really I never really watched Blue's Clues. So that and Little Bear and Franklin. Does Did Little Bear talk to you? No, I was, oh. just, I was about to say those three shows oh. were my shit. As oh, as. Little Bear was my absolute shit as well. I mean, I loved a story. I just didn't really like when I was like talked at by someone who wasn't actually listening. I was like, yeah. you're not really listening to me. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a talker. I like being listened to. I literally have a podcast. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Yeah. And uh, pick up tomorrow for okay. the rest of the up. Sounds good. All right, besties, um, if there is a sudden and shocking difference in the way we're sounding right now, it's because for the rest of this episode, we are on different, shittier microphones. And we apologize. But also, you're welcome for how dedicated we are <laughs> to getting this content out to you. Um, this is, what, day three of finishing this one episode? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It is. And the longest episode known to man. Well, <laughs> the episode length is yet to be determined, yeah, yeah, yeah. but long, the making. Yeah, I'm sure, I don't know. I'm sure Serial put more hours into one episode at a time, but. Terry Gross, what about you? Right into the pod. Terry Gross, come on the um, pod. Come on the pod, Terry Gross, and bring the Veronicas with you. <laughs> it's my favorite Terry Gross episode. Whenever I think of the Veronica's, I just think about um, the scene in She's the Man where she's like chaotically redressing herself in both identities at the fair because oh, it's yeah. to a Veronica's song. And, you know, in that way, I think they've truly left their mark on this earth. Um, listener mistake. Shall we? We shall. Listener mistakes. Mika and Anya, first off, huge fan of the pod since day one. Get on Patreon so you can make some money and keep making your wonderful pod. I'm finally writing Asked in... Asked and answered. <laughs> I'm finally writing in with my listener mistake. Since my family thinks I'm a sweet Southern belle, please... Oh, they do say it. Okay, I... Please leave my real name off. Thank you. Sorry if this is too long. You can come... You can cut some if you want or just enjoy it yourselves if it's not podcast ready. When I was in high school in the early 2000s, a mutual friend introduced me to Patrick, in quotes. 
Patrick was a peculiar kid who wore a button-up shirt, socks, and carefully gelled down hair to school every day, as if he was on his way to Sunday service. Despite his quirkiness, we started hanging out. As a horny teenager, I really just wanted to make out with every high school boy in the Tri-County area, even the weird ones. I think we can both relate. <laughs> um, yeah, what are you talking about? Even, like, as not teenagers anymore. So, <laughs> a key part of the story is that Patrick was Pentecostal. Okay. The first time we hung out, he drove me to the mall in his 1996 white Chevy Corsica, which was surprisingly immaculate for a teenage boy. As we sat in the food court, he showed no interest in small talk, but rather sat there scribbling something down in a tiny leather-bound notebook. Ugh, hot. When he finally showed it to me, it turned out to be a love poem for me. Oh my god. Hot. I thought the whole thing was supremely weird, as we had just met. I still had hopes of getting my boobs felt up by this square, so we hung out again, this time at his house. He told me his parents could never meet me. To be honest, he's really giving Cole Sprouse and Riverdale vibes. Uh Yeah. I'm a weirdo. I'm weird. You see this hat? I wear it all the time. That's weird. (laughs) I didn't understand why this would be the case, but I didn't ask any questions, and I let him sneak me into the window. Finally, the makeup session I had been after actually happened. The next time we hung out, Patrick invited his other Pentecostal friend, who just happened to have his almost exact name. Think Padraig. Oh, Padraig with a D. Padraig. I went to a school with a kid named Padraig. Um, We ended up hanging out at my friend's house, who happened to have her Pentecostal cousin in town. God, the Pentecostals were really... (laughs) what a network. What you want to seriously... Where are you from? (laughs) My friend and I thought we could put on a movie and just chill. But when we made that suggestion to the group, they sat there stone faced. And one of them finally tells us we can't really watch movies. Turns out this is often a big no, no with Pentecost. We ended up all awkwardly playing a board game. Now, here's what I thought was the mistake. Patrick with a D and I exchanged numbers. And the following week, he comes over to my house to hang out. Okay, even Pentecostal teenage boys are horny because we end up making out. I felt terrible afterward. Had I betrayed Patrick's trust by making out with his church buddy and best friend? I ended up never hanging out with either of them again. Some time passes and Patrick graduates high school. I hear through our mutual friend that Patrick is having some legal trouble. Turns out the real reason I could never meet Patrick's parents was because he was in an arranged again arranged engagement to a 14-year-old girl. Oh my god. He was visiting his fiance who lived in a state away and they'd gotten caught engaging in a sexual act while pulled off on the highway. So what's the real mistake here? My involvement with two religious crazies allowing a guy to sketchily sneak me in a window? You know, I think it's Patrick being engaged to a minor. Let's go with that. <laughs> Cheers. A former horny teenage girl and fan of the pod. Oh, my God. Riveting. Hopefully not former fan of the pod. Hopefully just former horny teenage girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to apologize. It's how it was written. I was just making a joke. Okay, I didn't, uh, know, if, I didn't know if I um, had. I thought I'd misread it. That's no, 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 that. no, no. Um, it was just a funny order of words never mind um love you <laughs> listener that, that is fucking crazy so crazy <laughs> what a story truly um going down in the like we're gonna have like one day an award ceremony for best literally best mistakes people have written in definitely a contender so i'm texting lisa um it is a contender 
that I kind of want like their own um, uh, Substack <laughs> kind of like account going on with more stories about the Pentecost. Yeah. <laughs> Deep dive. Okay. Um. Wow. 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 Uh. <laughs> I will take us on a deep dive now. Um. In I, my my mistake this week inspired my deep dive because I I had a real foot and mouth mistake which. We recorded the first half of this episode a couple days ago, so I will say, um, I know that for y'all, it's been like five minutes <laughs> since you heard that. <laughs> for me, it's been a couple of days. I've since spoken to the person, and we had a really lovely conversation about how we both felt like we said the wrong thing, um, and neither of us interpreted the other one as having said anything shitty. Um, and anyway, it was just a nice moment of being like, I'm not... Um, like, my foot, I can safely take out of my mouth yeah. because I was given proper benefit of the doubt with the shitty way I worded something. And that's lovely. I love when um, the world lines up in that way. It reminded me of a time that I similarly put my foot in my mouth with a friend, um, with them having a lived experience I do not have, and me saying the wrong thing. What? I'm just thinking how this relates to... Oh, um, this week's mistake. Oh, Continue. gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so um, when I was a teenager, one of my closest friends contracted herpes the first time she ever had sex, which is just such a fucking like puritanical cautionary tale. It's so stupid. Luckily, she did not glean that kind of lesson from it. She was like, this sucks, but I didn't do anything wrong. But like, you know, doctors slut shamed her, her parents slut shamed her, like everyone was like, you got herpes because you had sex because you're a harlot, you know? (laughs) What's funny is that she ended up like being fully gay later. And so it's like almost for nothing that it happened because like she, the one time she had sex with a man, (laughs) this happened. Herpes, not a big deal in the long, in the the long run. We all have it. You had it. But when you're 16, it can feel like a, a huge, huge deal. deal. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I was way more sexually active than she was. I was someone who was just like a little bit more like, we had very similar political attitudes about sex, but I had a little bit more of a relaxed attitude about sex, like on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And I did not have herpes yet. Um And at the time, they were still testing people for it. Now they don't even test you unless you are having an outbreak or specifically ask to be tested because of how common it is. They don't even want to, like, bother people with that information at this point, Mm -hmm. Um, which just goes to show how little of a problem herpes actually is. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so at the time, you know, this is like, what, 2012 or something, um, they were still testing me for herpes. I didn't have it, even though I was a way bigger slut than her. And I remember reassuring her about her diagnosis being like, it's not even a big deal. Like so many people have it, but like, I wasn't like, I, that's nice for me to say, but I, that only really means something coming from someone else who also has it. Right. Um, but I'm like trying to be the rock in her life as um, the person, the like one of the only people who's not giving her shit for it and like kind of reassuring her that in the grand scheme of things, this is not going to be a huge deal. Like it could have been a lot, not worse in terms of like that there are any like bad STDs 
in terms of like getting them makes you bad, but it could have been worse health wise anyway. And just like convenience and all this shit. Like it's whatever. I was trying to be a good friend in that way. And, um, but I was still, I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 18. I don't really remember the exact time that this happened. And our general like lexicon and the way that we talked about sex and sexuality and our like general slut shamey default in our language was still like present in my language, regardless of my attitudes. And so I was someone who was still saying like whore and slut and that kind of shit, even though I didn't like believe that anyone was a whore or a slut. Mm-hmm. Kind of the way that people who weren't homophobic used to say things were gay. Yeah. It's just like how we talked back then and how some people still talk. And I'm not excusing it. It's just like context. So one day I get a zit on my lip and I go on Snapchat and make a joke about how it looks like I have herpes and how I'm like so embarrassed because everyone's going to think I have herpes. (laughs) 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 And I get a, and like, God bless this friend. I truly, she's still one of my best friends and I love her so much. And one of the things I love about her is that she is not afraid. Like most people would have just like, been like so mad at me but not said anything yeah she immediately replies being like nice and i was like "Ah!" (laughs) and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry i don't even remember what i said i was like that was like such a stupid joke and i i at least like i used to be a defensive little cunt and like would like you know dig my heels in even when i knew i was wrong but at least in this moment to my memory because of how much i realized like how deeply i had fucked up in terms of like my morals and what I believe versus what I just had done. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first times in my memory that I like completely copped to it. You know, I was like, that was so fucked up and I'm so sorry. So in that way, it's like one of my best mistakes because it um, began my journey of like having a little bit of humility when I'm like definitively in the wrong, which is not something that I always could say. I used to, anyone who knew me before I was like, I don't know, even this past year, but especially before I was like 20, um, knows that it was really hard for me to ever admit that I had fucked up. I'd come up with some reason that like what I said was actually okay. (laughs) And yeah. And I, to my memory, this is one of the first times that I was like, I fucked up and I should not have done that. And I'm so sorry. And, um, you know, she didn't like punish me for it or hold it, hold it against me for much longer I think she like, as far as how she interacted with me, let it go that night. But I know that she probably trusted me less for a while. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, big fuck up on my end. And I still think about it sometimes. And it definitely set me on a path of being really careful about what like types of things I say out of like habit or things I joke about that might like hurt people that have a different experience than me. Um, and I don't know, had I not had an experience like that, maybe I would be one of those comedians now who's like, it's just a fucking joke about, you know, hateful, hurtful shit. I don't know. Anyway, so that's my deep dive. Best mistake. This week, we're talking about the hurricane of 1938, which uh, I don't know why I was having anxiety about that, because it's one of my favorite natural disasters ever. Um, 
So we're talking about that. It decimated seven states, or it ran through seven states and decimated towns and villages, but seven states in seven hours. So all of New England and then New York and Long and parts of Long Island, obviously not a state, but kind of should be. And that's that's your favorite natural disaster? <laughs> That's how you'd phrase that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's check it. <laughs> um, and so people um, in the book that I'm like getting everything from this week, it's called Sudden Sea, The Great Hurricane of 1938 by R.A. Scotty. It's nonfiction. She's a former journalist um, or is a journalist formerly of the Providence Journal and now a nonfiction writer. Um, she interviewed all of the survivors um from from the hurricane um 100% of them um as many as were I I think so yeah because I don't that's wild that is thorough journalism yeah she this is like full of like at least like 35 different people's um like stories and then some Mm -hmm. um so the hurricane started on uh September 21st and the summer is described this way. At the tail end of the bleakest summer in memory, weeks as gray as weathered shingles and drenching downpours, September 21st arrived in Southern New England like a gift from the gods. The surf was spectacular, the best of the season. Long breakers rolling in, crescendos of sparkling foam, the water temperature surprisingly warm, and no pesky seagulls to swoop off with lunch. Silly Silky surus threaded across a pastel sky, and the tang of salt was on the hot air, the air itself motionless, as if time had paused to savor the moment. For vacationers lingering after Labor Day, this was the reprise they had hoped for, a last perfect beach day. The morning began softly on Narragansett Bay, just the flat, steady slap of the sea against the wooden hulls of the fishing boats easing out of the harbors of Rhode Island at first light. Through a thin morning fog, the sun was a silver white dollar, promising a bright day. The beam from the beaver tail lighthouse at the southern tip of Jamestown Island guided the boats out. The the goose-like honk of the lighthouse horn and the random shout of one fisherman to another carried across the water. Otherwise, the bay was strangely silent. No gulls trailed the wakes, calling to one another and dividing for breakfast. There was no bird song at all, which, huh, that's kind of weird there's no bird song at all i wonder what's going on so eerie eerie hmm, spooky so jump a little bit further south in the country to washington dc also on the 21st of september which also in dc it's called a day um a day so gorgeous that it was hard to imagine foul weather could be lurking anywhere nearby um and at the washington weather bureau we have a bright young man named charles pierce So um, Charles Pierce was a brand new meteorologist at the time. And uh, something to know is that the Washington Weather Bureau at the time wasn't, so like today it's like a nationalized entity in the country. At the time it was like, it was many different um, like satellite operations. So there was one in DC, one in San Francisco, one in Austin, Texas, um, and one in Connecticut rather than just one central place that could check the weather for the entire country. Um, So that like, of course, sets up a lot of disorganization um, going forward. So Pierce this day is filling in for a vacationing senior forecaster. And he, according to everyone, is eager to make a good impression. 
So he studies the morning charts closely and he sees that conditions over the Northeast are appearing, in his words, strangely incoherent. So the storm, as I have been saying, absolutely batters New England and it batters New York. Um, and tragedy strikes, but I wanna keep it to the Weather Bureau mostly for their egregious mistake. Um, and so the day after the hurricane is when the fighting and the infighting starts. So from Long Island, Ernest Clouds, an amateur weather watcher, sends a furious letter to Washington protesting the total lack of warnings. He goes on to say that no one remembers such a wreck here, yet our forecast was just gale warnings, such as, such as happen maybe half a dozen times every winter. John Q. Stewart, a Princeton physicist who was in Northern New England when the hurricane struck, wrote in Harper's Magazine, in the long and laudable annals of the government's forecasters, the day's record makes what must be the sorriest page. There had been no warning worth the mentioning, the mentioning, Telephones and coast guards were scarcely called to service. A sophisticated population died by the hundreds with little or no knowledge of what raw shape of death this was, which struck from the sky and the tide. But the Weather Bureau goes on to counter by pointing out that it had issued 17 warnings and that in 12 of them, the storm was designated a hurricane. The Bureau failed to note though, that virtually all 12 had emanated from Jacksonville. Defending Washington's performance, C.C. Clark, acting director there, blamed the extraordinary velocity of the storm. Once it left Cape Hatteras, the hurricane tripled its speed, dashing 600 miles in 12 hours. And in a response to Ernest Clough's letter, Clark wrote, had the, Clark wrote, had the storm not moved with such unprecedented rapidity, there could be no doubt but that Weather Bureau warnings by radio and through the press would have reached nearly everyone in the affected areas. Um, but people are still pissed off and they're not really buying anything that the Weather Bureau is saying. So Close goes on and writes a second letter in which he says, it seems to me that the whole virtue of good forecasting is not merely to predict the obvious, to but to predict the exceptional. This was an exceptional storm and it called for exceptional rather than somewhat routine assumptions, judgment and decisions. Close goes on to blame senior DC forecasters for the failure among them, Mr. Mitchell, who was Charles Pierce's superior. Um, and so publicly the Weather Bureau, and this always happens in the States, agencies have each other's backs. The Weather Bureau insists that it was blameless, but behind the scenes, a major shakeup is underway. Um, so people are fired, new people are appointed, a meteorologist from MIT is uh, brought in and appointed chief. Um, and Charles Pierce, our boy Charles, the only forecaster to recognize the danger, receives a promotion and is moved to the analysis division. And he goes on to remain at the Weather Bureau, now the National Weather Service, for the rest of his career. Um, but the shakeup didn't still the storm of controversy uh, inside or outside the Weather Bureau. Um, and it kind of greatly ruined their reputation for quite a while. Um, and in terms of uh, damage that was done um, because of the just like absolute ineptitude of the Weather Bureau, 682 people died in the hurricane of 38. Uh, 1,700 were seriously injured. Maine was the only New England state without a fatality. 88 died in Massachusetts, 90 in Connecticut, 12 in New Hampshire, and seven in Vermont. One person drowned in New York City, a hitchhiker in Queens who tried to swim away after the car that picked him up stalled, and more than 50 died on Long Island, including 29 in the West Hampton Beach area. Um, 
Mona Schmid remembers that it was a great relief to find friends who had survived. There were so many funerals, every day a funeral, and Long Island was nothing compared with Rhode Island. In Rhode Island, which is where more than half of the hurricane victims died, 433 to be exact, uh, the greatest toll was along the beaches of South County. Nancy Allen Holst, a forest ranger and a Red Cross volunteer and pilot, flew her plane along the shoreline because it was easier to see the bodies from the air. Many people oh had put God. on, yeah. Many people had Ugh. put on their boots to slog through the water, she explained. The boots filled with water and weighed their bodies down so that only the tops of their heads were visible. When Hulse spotted a corpse, she zoomed down and a boat went out to retrieve it. Um, and uh, let's see, hold on. Where did I end it? Um, oh, there's also, um, I want to include this quote because I just think that there's like, we'll unpack after I'm done, but there are so many parallels between climate change today and where the government is at versus where the government was back then, like nationally and internationally what governments were like and the hurricane. And so this was a letter that Katie Dos Passos wrote to her friend, Sarah Murphy, um, like two weeks after the hurricane. And she says, do you think these convulsions of nature are accompanying political disturbances like they used to in Sartonius? Remember all the phenomena that surrounded Caesar and Augustus? Lightning and statues hurled down in all those augers. Well, I don't know, but it's funny we have a hurricane just while Hitler is starting to march. Um, so the Great Hurricane of 1938 was the worst weather disaster New England had ever experienced, um, and to this day has ever experienced, and the fourth deadliest storm in US history. In the number of lives lost, the amount of property damaged, and the breadth of the devastation no other natural disaster in America's history came even close. Besides almost 700 lives, the hurricane claimed a centuries old way of life. Um, the hurricane cost 4.7 billion in today's dollars. Some 93,000 families suffered serious property loss and more than 19,000 families applied for emergency relief. Um, and only 5% of property losses were covered by insurance. Almost 20,000 buildings were wrecked, another 70,000 were damaged, and 26,000 were demolished. Um, and when the storm was over, the US Coast and Geodetic Survey warned that existing maps of Long Island and New England were useless, so new charts had to be drawn. Um, it went on to divide Jamestown and Rhode Island into four parts, chopped Napa Tree into a series of small islands, and cut an eight-foot channel through Saltair Fire Island. Um, it opened seven passages on Long Island, widening the Moriches Inlet and creating the Shinnecock Inlet. For years, residents of Hampton Bays had been debating whether to cut a channel from the bay to the ocean. The hurricane settled the question. Um, and in Massachusetts, the shore of Buzzards Bay was little more than wreckage. There was one house that was still standing at Westport Harbor. And at Mattapoisett's Crescent Beach, uh, which had 107 cottages, a dozen remained. Horseneck Beach, Fairhaven, and Woods Hole were swept clean. Um, and in South County in Rhode Island, the destruction was absolute. 99% of the shoreline property uh, from a distance of seven miles was demolished. Some 400 cottages in Musquamacate and almost 200 on Charlestown Beach washed away. And Charlestown Pond and Charlestown by the Sea lost another 100 homes. And Napa Tree was wiped off the map. To this day, it's still um, a nature preserve. 
I just, before we like get into it, I just want to read like a few little like fun uh, stories about people surviving because this was like a heavy episode. I can't find the one about the two friends, but my like favorite one is that there was a couple in Providence who was getting married at the Biltmore Hotel that night and they got stuck in like the water downtown and all of these other people that were trying to take shelter from the storm ended up in the ballroom where the reception was and ate all of the food and like drank all the champagne. And when the couple showed up, all these random people were at their wedding, eating like their food and drinking their booze. And they were like, honestly, fuck it. Let's just like let them stay and get married. And so they got married by candlelight in the Biltmore with all these strangers around them. Um, and then stayed on the top floor, which was like one of the only dry floors in the hotel. Oh my God. Yeah. And like stayed overnight. <laughs> and they're like, at the time of this book being written, they were still married to this day. Are they, do you, do we know if they were still in touch with any of the wedding crashers? LOL. It wasn't said that they were, no. Um, and then there's another story about, um, it's like a little bit funny about a married couple in Rhode Island who climbed to the top of their roof as their house was breaking apart. And uh, they got like swept away on completely different sides of the roof, but then they both ended up side by side alive in the same field, like three miles away. Um, yeah, so lots of little funny what, stories. What's like that. the gist of the one about the friends? Oh, um, I don't remember. It's just that they like, they ended up at, it was kind of similar to the people, to the couple where they, like were split up when the house was like starting to be torn apart by like the pressure of the water. And um, one of them, they they ended up at different um, like pastures that were like one was in Connecticut and one was in Westerly, but they could like hear each other calling out to one another. Cause like, that's how close it was in distance. Um, and like, that's how they found each other. Oh my God. One of them got washed away to like, I don't know, Stonington, Connecticut. And the other one was in Westerly but they were just across the bay. Yeah. That's like, you know, you're going to get swept away somewhere in Ridgewood. I'm going to get swept away somewhere in Bushwick, but we'll be able to hear each other because they're the same neighborhood almost. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. This, honestly, this like whole book needs to be made into a movie. Okay, then make it, bitch. I will. Uh... <laughs> um... What do you think the mistake was, Anya? The mistake or the moral? Oh, sorry, the moral. The moral or the mistake? The mistake or the moral? Moral of the story. I mean, I feel like the obsession with like seniority and like people not being. Um, not having proven themselves enough in their professional field before like being able to do certain things when it comes to something that could like save lives. Let's maybe set that aside. Put ego aside. To yeah. Save lives. Yeah. Like it is such a weird thing to be like, okay, kid. <laughs> when it's like, maybe if like, okay, if you're right, then I'm an asshole who wasted all of our time. Yeah. If I'm right, a bunch of fucking people are going to die. So <laughs> could we just pretend that I'm right just for the sake of like maybe preventing some of those deaths? And then I look like an asshole if nothing happens. Like, I don't know. It's it kind of reminds me of I mean, not to make this about COVID, but um, 
my dad always says that um, when it comes to like anti-maskers, it's like, okay, we can disagree, but let's just play if you're right and if I'm right. And if you're right, then we all look like a bunch of doofuses with cloth on our faces. That's like worst case scenario. And if I'm right, we're like killing everyone we come in contact with if we're not wearing a mask. So like, can we just try out if I'm right? Because it seems like the consequences are a little bit like the stakes are different enough here that like, let's just behave as if I'm right. Yeah. That's kind of what that makes me think of. I agree. Yeah. And also just like, I mean, it's not really a moral or a mistake, but just, I don't know. The It like wasn't even a hundred years ago that this hurricane hit. What was it? 1938. My grandmother was born in 35. She's 86. So like 83 years ago, this hurricane happened. And it's just like, it's like disheartening and almost like comical in a way to see how much our country is back in the same place. Um, like horrible economy right now, world's at war with like fascist governments. Um, climate change and hurricanes are like wrecking the Northeast right now and the rest of the country. And all of our government agencies, no matter what party's running them, are just like inept. <laughs> So it's like, where, like, what What do we we do? What are we doing? What are we doing? Well. Joe Biden. What are we doing, Joe? At least Macklemore wrote Same Love in between (laughs) that and now. Or whatever that song is called. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. The one about being gay? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think. (laughs) So we made that progress. (laughs) Yeah. That can't change. (laughs) Even if I tried. God, I thought that song was really deep when it first came out, but I'm sad to say. When I was in the first grade, I thought I was gay because I could draw. (laughs) Isn't that what? (laughs) Turns out he wasn't gay. Thank God. And thank God he clarified that in the song, too. Anyway. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer and hurricanes do be happening. And we... (laughs) <laughs> Gotta figure something out, man, because <laughs> it's, honestly, this hurricane remind the the like fierceness which with with which this hurricane hit the northeast, like literally in like a second, absolutely fucking decimated mm-hmm. everything in its wake. And the way that the government was just like, mm, ooh, sorry, oh, reminds oopsie. me a lot of Ida with the way that New York flooded yeah. and like. 45 minutes before the storm happened, New York City was like, state of emergency, stay inside. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if inside happens to be an illegal basement apartment, then sucks because those people all fucking died. Yeah. The ones who stayed inside. Yeah. In those apartments. The ones in the flooding zones. And what a tragedy that is. Um, yeah. I mean, this story also reminds me of Hurricane Irene which absolutely destroyed Vermont. And now if, you, if you're ever in Vermont and there's signs that say like, we are Vermont strong, it's all about Hurricane Irene uh-huh. um, because that hurricane, I mean, it was really horrible. Um, I forget what year that was. Like it was right. Yeah, right? it was right. Was it right before or right after Sandy? It was like within a year or two of Sandy. Anyway. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was after Sandy. 
it like literally washed away all the roads in Vermont and like people like whole graveyards were like washed away and like people were just finding like caskets and or like lung decomposed bodies just washing into their yards and stuff it was really horrific obviously like some people died um people went missing people got really injured people's properties were forever destroyed not forever necessarily but like really really horribly damaged um and this is like this area of the country is like, you know, quote unquote, not supposed to get weather like that. And yet every time it happens, we keep being like, oh, my God, it's not that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And it's just happening more and more because weather that's not supposed to happen is happening now. Oh, we God. have to get used to that. Um, or, well, we shouldn't have to get used to that, but we are being forced to get used to that. And in the meantime, while we... um hope and pray that anyone in charge will do anything to make us not have to get used to that anymore. We should like have a safety and contingency plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really scary. Genuinely. It is. Yeah, it is. And I don't ever want to be caught in any of that. (laughs) (laughs) Despite her, Constant cries of, I want to be in a natural disaster. No, I want to see one happening, but like from a safe distance. My um, my grandmother was, survived the hurricane of 38. She had to hide in the arcade in Providence, uh, take shelter in there on the third floor. Wow. Just remembered that, that story, that tidbit. That I would have not minded, you know, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Bearing witness to Sure. But I probably would have. Um, yeah, if you're from Providence, you can see all the markers downtown that show where the gale of 1815, like, hit the buildings and then where the hurricane of 38 hit the buildings. Um, and, yeah, it did a ton of damage. I mean, Providence, it would, God, I can talk forever about climate change, but Providence, too, is, like, going to be fucked. We have the hurricane barriers that we built in 54, but they said with the last hurricane that if we get... If we ever get a Category 5 hurricane, Providence is underwater. Not permanently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But during the hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Guys. Recycle. (laughs) Keep, yeah, recycle. Stop eating meat. (laughs) Guys, this is on you as individuals. We can't say this enough. uh, Just enough. Get a Tesla. Well, here's my thing. It's the fucking elite that are doing this and isn't it the elite that live on the coasts don't the coastal elites want to keep these coastal cities from going underwater in this essay i will um yeah i i know i know i know i want to keep being an elite on the coast it's also it's crazy um something i just thought of is uh, the how the effect of uh, the hurricane of 38 had such a huge, um, a huge, uh, effect on gentrification in Southern New England as a result, because all of like those towns in Connecticut and Massachusetts and Rhode Island went from being like working class farming, fishing villages to being washed away to rich people buying up the land and then developing it. And now it's all, of course there are still like working class people that live in certain parts of 
these places, but it's now known even more so because of like the rich people that live out there in their summer homes. And that's just what keeps happening. Rich people always, I'll end on that note, rich people always find a way to profit from fucking disaster. And from the misfortune of people who couldn't dig themselves out of the aftermath of a disaster. Yep. Um, Which is also why I'm kind of like, I don't know, let Gowanus sink. (laughs) I mean, honestly, yeah. Like all those luxury high rises being swallowed by the ocean doesn't bother me much. No, it's not Um, Island City. I mean, it bothers me because of the state of Mother Earth and the planet, but like not those particular individuals, you know? I do. Anyway, we should go. We should go. We have a we have a friend to go see. Lincoln, we're coming to you. We're coming. We're coming to you live. I just have to put on a dress. Yeah, I'm already dressed, but um, you're going to like the fit. I dress with you in mind. And by the time you're listening to this, because I know you listen, babe, you'll have already seen it. Yeah. And we will have already celebrated your beautiful, beautiful birth. But um, happy birthday, Lincoln. And to everyone else, test your holes. Test your drugs. And kiss, kiss your, your friends, friends on the mouth. mouth. Email us at bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Go to the ER if you're feeling weird. If you need it. If you need it. Yeah. And uh, urgent care. Just go. <laughs> and we love you. Bye.